For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Panther Nation, it is your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn, and it's the C3 Panthers Podcast, the longest-running Panthers podcast on the interwebs. Streaming on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, and syndicated on all the major podcast pla- platforms. And we're happy that you're here uh, to enjoy the show with us. The number is 252-228-5098. We'd love for you to be a part of the show. Just like I love for my co-host when he's a part of this show, Cody Lashney. Welcome back. Tuesday night. Time to talk some Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Tony it done. And as my man AJ Lindsay alluded to, there is nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than chilling with you boys, talking about the Carolina Panthers with the most lit Panther fans in all of YouTube. You've already seen some of them. Brady Wise, AJ Lindsay, Sideshow Rob, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Trill Warren, Tim Estes, Tim Tizzy, and Chuck from Elizabeth City. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll I'd rather go with Welcome to the show, CK. How are you, my friend? Hey, man. Just uh, living the dream now. What are we, four weeks away from training camp? So we have some football right around the corner. Hopefully some news to be had. Uh, guys, it's uh, it's getting to, we're, we're in that uh, wind up. We've been in the wind down. I think we're in the wind up part of the offseason now. So let's, uh, let's get this thing going. Aw, shit. Tonight's show is I'm calling you out. You got my jersey number as we talk about uh, some remarks from Greg Olson about uh, a rookie receiver gaining the 88 number after just one year of it not being used in 2020. Uh, We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about uh, the troll that uh, came on Cody's uh, live stream this week as he hosted a a show where a fan free-for-all, which I'm feeling like is going to become more and more available as the season goes on. Uh, So you guys check that out. And one other story is Chris Hogan traded. Who is Chris Hogan? A former Carolina Panthers wide receiver who is now playing professional lacrosse, traded in his first season 
So we'll talk about that. I guess that's about all the news and notes that I know of, except for there is a story floating around, actually two stories. One is about Sam Darnold, potentially slated to be the best quarterback in the NFC South. That's crazy. Cody sent me this story, and I got a lot of problems with the story itself. Um, And on top of that, uh, Dan Arnold, another Sam Darnold and Dan Arnold, the connection. Um, Dan Arnold ready to take on a bigger role. And Joe Brady has come out and said he wants the offense to be more driven by the tight ends and it to be a bigger part. So I hope everybody uh, is ready for uh, we want to hear your opinions on those on that discussion. Go ahead and get in the chat room with that. The number is 252-228-5098. Don't forget the show and the cat calls are sponsored or powered, should I say, by Avolta. Go ahead and throw that up there, Cody. You can own your own energy if you live in North and South Carolina and you're a homeowner. With no money down, you can add equity to your home, achieve energy independence, take advantage of state and federal tax credits, and go green by adding solar panels to your house. You can contact solar consultant Kevin Brown at 704 215-3373 and say, hey, I'm a Panthers fan. I want to achieve energy independence. I want to take advantage of this opportunity and get a fixed energy rate for life. That means 20 years from now, your energy bill is the same it is today. All right. So guys, I'm calling you out. You got my jersey number. The story of the week, I guess the only thing, actually Cody sent me, he's just every now and then he's dropping a little nugget saying, I guess this is what we're going to talk about. Tell us, Greg Olson has uh, said had he has mixed feelings um, about Terrence Marshall Jr. taking on his number. 88 was the number that Terrence Marshall Jr. wore at, at LSU. Greg Olson is the... The man, the myth, the legend of Carolina tight ends that has kind of ascended the place of Wesley Walls, perhaps, as the greatest Panther tight end. I'm asking you guys, what do you think about Greg Goldson's trepidation with this? Is this even a story? Thank you, Spectre, at one actual for the $20 love mm. bomb. Good day, lads, showing you some more love from down under for Codizzling, you boys. That's not even just twenty dollars. It's twenty Aussie dollars. Hey, the three Panthers podcast is all over the globe, baby. Just like Panther Nation. Cody, tell me what you think about this uh, Greg Olson story. Thanks yeah, spec, man. by the way. Yeah, thanks to Spec for them down under dollars, baby. Good I might appreciate your brother. Uh, and yeah, so I, I felt like this would be a good um, a conversation for us to have today because uh, it's come to our attention that some uh, some pro- uh, popular numbers uh, from some all-time Panther players have been taken by some of the newer players on our roster right now, uh, 88 being one of them, which will be donned by Terrace Marshall Jr. So, um, you know, I think um, it's, it's a good question to ask, too, also knowing that uh, Daquan Jones We'll be wearing number 90. I felt like it would make for a good discussion on what numbers are actually sacred to us Panther fans. Like, 
we, we know the numbers that you're pretty much never going to be able to take, right? It's right. number one, it's 59, and it's 89. Like, those are the big three, and I think most people will agree. Like, for the most part, those numbers are just untouchable. But I'm wondering now, you know, how many other people does this extend to? Uh, should Greg Olson um, f- basically feel a little bit slighted that his number's being given away? Or I don't know. How should we feel about this? I felt like that was a, a good question. So um, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts as I'm kind of mixed on this depending on the player that we're talking about. <laughs> I agree. I'm very mixed on it, but I'll say this much. First and foremost, Cephas, come on, bro. Greg Olson was traded to us from the Bears because he couldn't produce in the Chicago Bears uh, system either. So let's uh, let's go ahead and slow our roll on Dan Arnold. Couldn't get paid as a, a Cardinal. Uh, there's still a lot of potential in these guys, and we'll we'll you know we'll see whether or not uh, Dan Arnold pans out. Um, but as far as as Terrace Marshall ended up taking that number, I mean. I'm of the mind again, like, I want to, like, the more people that are, have their numbers retired, the less valuable having their number retired really means, right? And so I I think that I'm okay with the the fact that it's not a retired number. Um, Now, the the one gripe that I think that, and it's not a gripe, I mean, you got to keep in mind, like, Greg Olson is very, very, you know, casual about this. He said at first it kind of rubbed him the wrong way. But now it's just like, you know, just tell him to go out there and play his game. You know what I mean? And so it's just a matter of, uh, honestly, at this point, I think it's just goofy to to think anything up. So you know what I mean? There is one thing. He was like, he said this, though. It was like, I don't want to put any undue pressure on the young fella by wearing my number. Right? I think that's a kind of a big kind of a haughty statement in some ways um he played nine years in he played nine years in carolina uh he played 126 games started 123 he had 524 catches 6,463 yards 60 touchdowns um and that's about it i mean not about it but those are the stats i think that are are worthy to talk about. I guess my question is number one is um, should you retire people's numbers who aren't slated to go into the hall of fame? Now I think think 89 is going to be a difficult. I think Steve Smith is like, everybody kind of agrees that that's actually a number for the Carolina Panthers right now. He's like our ultimately our greatest offensive player, unless we want, you know, some people are going to say cam, but, a lot of people firmly believe that Steve Smith, the longevity of his time in Carolina, what he was able to do as an undersized receiver with potential, with very little around him at some times, um, that 89 should be retired. Is 89 going to make it to the Hall of Fame? I think there's a chance, but I don't know if it's going to be first ballot. Well, but that it's also, is this question predicated upon a player getting into the Hall of Fame? Because it's like, listen, I would retire number one. Yeah. And like I don't know if Cam is or isn't gonna make a Hall of Fame in his life. I mean, I, I think he had the talent to, but I don't know if the stars are ever going to align for him. Maybe they do this year, maybe they don't. 
But even if Cam Newton doesn't, you know, make the Hall of Fame, I don't want anyone wearing number one. I don't want to see anyone wearing number one. Um, and honestly, I kind of feel different on like, you know, even even numbers like um, I saw a few people like uh, uh, Trill One here. He even mentioned fifty eight with Thomas Davis, and I know that might rub people, you know, like oh well, we already have Sam Mills and Luke Kuechly. But, dude, like Thomas Davis was the heart and soul of this defense during its best years this past decade. So it's like I I wouldn't really feel good about seeing another 58, right? But, again, it's this question of – which I think Sideshow Rob actually posed a fantastic question. How many retired jerseys do historic teams have at the moment? Because, listen, there's only so many numbers that a player can wear. You know, so it's like you might have a bunch of great players at a bunch of different numbers, but, you, you know, you have to fill the roster. You're not going to be able to take away so many numbers. So I, I don't know. It's like I, I think people should put some respect on Greg Olson's name. I've seen a lot of people that are kind of, um, you know, like, oh, well, he'll never be this. He'll never be that. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, I do think he's undeniably the best uh, tight end in Panther history. Maybe I'm biased because, you know, he was the tight end when I was, you know, loving Panther football the most. But, you know, I, I do think that means something. It might not mean his jersey being retired, but it does mean something. I mean, Wesley Walls, uh, you know, was largely considered one of the best tight ends we had. He's in our ring of honor. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure that we don't have 85 retired. Wesley Walls, um, see, I don't even know. I don't think he played he as long. I mean, yeah. if he, but he's in our ring of honor, right? I mean, like if we found Actually, the value. Yeah, he played, yeah, he played for us from 96 to 2003. When he was in Carolina, he had 450 receptions, 5,200 yards, and where are his touchdowns? He had 54 touchdowns. I, th- I oh, oh wait that's career yeah uh, in Carolina he had fifty four touchdowns three thousand nine hundred and two yards and three hundred twenty four catches I just think that I, I me personally I believe that Greg Olson's like initial feelings of discomfort with it wasn't about his number being worn and that it's being not being retired but that it was so quickly like he's only been gone for one season. Right, you know, one full season is yeah, all he's yeah. been. So I think it's yeah. more like that, you know. Um, was he the best offensive play? Was he the best player on the field at any point? Yes, for the Carolina Panthers. Yes, I mean not the best. Well, I mean, I if you're offensive, yeah. I mean, how, it, how about it's this? hard he to is, say that he's the best uh, offensive weapon that Cam, Cam ever had have during during his prime years. Yeah, easily, yeah. easily his best receiver, his best receiver. Uh, his his blocking tight end. I mean, that was never his greatest thing, but he, right. he would he would get his nose dirty when he needed to. And also, you know, we like to uh, people like to get on Cephas for trolling, but he makes a great point, man. Greg Olson is the first tight end in NFL history, which is a crazy thing to to think about. Out of all the great tight ends that there've been, Greg Olson was the first one to have three consecutive straight. 1,000 yard seasons and like that matters for something dude especially in the day and age um which i'll hit on later in my eyes up picks i promise uh when you have 
bullshit receivers like Kelvin Benjamin once upon a time. And now Nikhil Harry trying to blame Cam Newton for their own shortcomings and their own lack of physicality. It's like, you know, that was never a problem for Greg Olson. So I think that deserves some respect, man. It might not be on retire the number level. I think uh, Sideshow Rob probably hit the nail on the head with uh, 159 and 89 kind of being the big three for us. But I don't even know if you retire Cam's. How? What other human being would be able to wear the number one for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't think you retire it, but I think he's going to be at least five, six years before he can put anybody else in the jersey. I don't think anybody would want to to wear it right away. That's one thing. But I don't know if you need to. I guess my question is, what should be the requirement? Like, what should be the minimum qualification uh, to retire a number? Because I don't, is it, it's part storyline. Right. That's part of it because Sam Mills' numbers for the Carolina Panthers probably aren't the reason. You know, I think he was more uh, prevalent as a linebacker in New Orleans at one point. Um, but it's the story and right. how it entered Panther kind of lore right. that has made that important. And you know, I don't know if the Panthers are sort of opportunist on that a little. <laughs> you know, um, but I mean, it does seem, you know, I mean, the keep pounding moniker, the, you know, I, he was part, uh, you know, given the speech in the 2005 Super Bowl. Why, though, is that one is that I think that 90 and 89 are the only numbers right now, I think. And maybe and I'll, all right, I'll give you Luke, too, is that because Luke was. Eight, eight, nine years. I'm, you know, is Luke Hall of Fame? Is Luke Keekley a Hall of Famer? Yes. Because don't laugh at Julius Peppers' number. Because Julius oh, Peppers is Julius undeniable. Peppers is a Hall of Famer too. I know. I give away ninety before I give away fifty nine. And by I the agree. way, we've already, we've already done it. Daquan <sighs> Jones is number ninety right now. Right. I'm saying this: if you're not going to retire uh, Julius Peppers' number. It's kind of hard. I mean, he's the only person we have, the only player in the history of our team, I think, that's a first ballot, undeniable Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he also left. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, so did, so did Steve Smith a little bit. You know, a couple of those no, years. No, Steve no. Smith, Steve Steve Smith was cut. Cam Newton did. Cam Newton and did. Too. He was out. Yeah, but also kicked out. Well, I mean, just because a player leaves to go on to somewhere and then he actually came back. I mean, he even with his time in Carolina, he could almost make the damn Hall of Fame. Yeah, but but my thing is this. A, a ton of players can make the Hall of Fame, right? Canton's filled with them. And I'm not trying no, to I'm no, not, actually there's I'm not like, trying to deny that. What I'm saying is them. what I'm saying is only one man has ever been the MVP of the league while wearing a Carolina Panthers uniform. So to me, I don't care what it matters to everyone else. I don't care if Cam's a Hall of Fame quarterback or not. To me, that means way more than number 90 ever will. Like Cam Newton was the man. He was the quarterback of our football team. Like in my opinion, number one and number 59, 159 and 89. Sideshow Rob had it perfect. 
those are the three numbers that you can make a case for to me. All the other ones, to me, there are some good, you know, good arguments to be made, but I don't know. Cam Newton in my is one of the most important players in this team. I would history. I would agree with that. And the part that I would say, like, you know, again, this is my my mindset over this. Um Cam Newton, uh I think it's gonna be hard to retire any numbers, period, right? Um, because uh, uh, there are the fans love certain players, but again, the impact that they may have had may not nearly be as much as somebody like a Steve Smith or like a Cam Newton uh, or whatnot. So I do think, and, and somebody made a great point in chat earlier as well, saying like the Dallas Cowboys have not retired a single number and they've had dynasties and they have some of the greatest players um, to ever play the game, play on their team before, and they haven't retired a single number. Um, and that is because their ring of honor is basically going to be taking place of retiring numbers. And I think that's similar to what we're doing here uh, as well. The Cam Newton number, it won't be worn for a while. It won't be worn until I think uh, Cam Newton retires and he comes back and he signs a one-day contract and then somebody asks him, do you mind if I have the one? And then Cam Newton gives their blessing, uh, gives his blessing. I think that would be the best scenario that could happen. But I, I don't think that anybody... I could be wrong. I mean, other than Steve Smith, I'm not sure that anybody's had their number retired. And NC Hager says, yeah, Cody, Cam brought you here, but Pep is an OG and a beast. Literally, no one's denying that. No one is saying that right, Julius right. Peppers isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Again, exactly. I look at but Cam guys, isn't, but Cam, I, I look, Cam isn't. Yeah, but right yeah, now. fine, fine. But Cam did more for the Panthers than Peppers. Sorry. <sighs> And I know that my I know position, that's not Like, I mean, it, all right. So how about this? How about this? Is whose whose number would you feel comfortable being retired first? 90, 58, or 88? 90. Which one would I feel comfortable being retired so first? 90? It would be Cam Newton, Thomas Davis, or Greg Olson. So while we got to put some, um, oh, you said I didn't it. say Cam Newton. I no, meant, no, you I said Julius Peppers. Peppers. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I meant Julius Peppers. So let's get off of the Cam Newton, right? Um, which, because I do, I, I truly think there's an argument that he is the greatest offensive player we had in the history of our team. I don't know if it's true, if it's right, because it's kind of hard to compare Steve Smith, a receiver, to a quarterback. Likewise, it's hard to um, to compare a defensive end to a quarterback. It's actually hard for maybe that's a, some credit to Julius Peppers and Steve Smith here. Is that to me? I almost feel like they're undeniably, at, you know, like that level of player, and they didn't have the benefit of playing the most important position where it's the easiest potentially to ascend to that type of level. But Julius Peppers, Thomas Davis, or Greg Olson, while we said put some respect in Greg Olson's name for the three 1,000-yard seasons, Julius Peppers had uh, double-digit sacks for like six years. I mean, he, he was part of – he was instrumental in a defense that led us to a Super Bowl run. Yeah. Um, he is a first-ballot Hall of Famer. He is actually arguably the most successful player in Panther history. While that might not be uh, in, in its entirety here with Carolina, he's, his numbers and statistics transcended that of what Steve Smith ha did. 
in his career, right? Across the board. Like when I, what I mean by across the board is what I say is this, if you were, if you were compared Steve Smith to the top five wide receivers in the history of the game, I don't know if he's in that discussion, but Julius Peppers is clearly in the top five defensive end in the history of football. I mean, he's like the third overall or second overall in all-time sacks. Yeah, dude's a beast. Again, it's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I just, you know, I I don't know. There aren't too many more things to say about it other than Cam Newton, what the, the talent that he had around him and what he had to do while he was at his prime was, I would argue, a task that, none of the guys that we're talking about truly had to deal with on the level that Cam Newton did and having to elevate the team the way that he did dude today. I just saw that run again from that 2015 season where like the entire Falcons defensive line just fucking couldn't bring down Cam Newton, no matter how hard they tried. Like that's legendary shit, but it's also indicative of, you know, it never had good perimeter weapons. He had maybe one or two years, of a decent offensive line. And even then it was only the interior. It was uh, our center and our two guards. Uh, And then, you know, everybody wants to blame him for not uh, having all these crazy numbers. And yeah, his career probably isn't going to be as illustrious as Julius Peppers or Steve Smith. But to me, that doesn't mean that he means any less to the Panthers. And in fact, in my opinion, that makes him, mean even more i just wish like if he could have gone two or three more years at that time you know just a straight decade with us of doing it like uh kind of like aaron Rodgers. you know what i'm saying is that it would have been a little bit easier i feel like just the end has been you know so disheartening you know that it is a that kind of threw some shade on the early success uh, here's a question for you, and if CK can hear us, maybe he can also give it a shot. Um, there have been three people, I believe, to win the Triple Crown. Um, one was in like uh, the late 80s. One was um, in the 90s, I think, and the other was um, in the 2000s. I know... One of them is a former Carolina Panther. That means they led and received receptions, yards, and touchdowns the league. That would be Steve Smith. Does anybody else know who the other two Triple Crowns uh, that I'm referring to are? Wasn't uh, one of them Randy Moss? Nope. Jerry Rice. Yes. Now, the next one is the most ridiculous thing. Chad Johnson? Nope. Sterling Sharp for the Green Bay Packers, and he did it. <laughs> wow. He was a wide receiver. That is um, – what's his name? Sharp's brother, I believe. Shannon uh, Sharp's Shannon brother. Sharp. Yeah, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, it is a, is a, is a giant accomplishment. I think Steve Smith did in 06 um, is the year that that happened. All right. Um Let's see. Let's move on. Saw a story. You sent me a story that said Sam Darnold could be the best quarterback in the NFC South. 
Now, open this up. There's three reasons. It was three reasons why. So I opened this story up. And guess what? One of the reasons wasn't. Out of all the reasons, out of the three reasons why he could be the best quarterback in the league, in the NFC South, not a single one of them had to do with Sam Darnold. Number one reason was that Winston and Taysom Hill are too inconsistent. Number two was Tom the Brady's worst. old. Yeah, isn't that the worst? It's just like and then and number maybe. three was Matt Ryan doesn't have Julio. I am even okay with all that, but can you give us a fourth or a fifth reason yeah, one something that has Sam. something positive to say about Sam Darnold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh I I did notice that upon reading it, and I thought that it was interesting. Um it, again, it's like you know, people don't really have a whole lot to go on when it comes to what Sam is gonna be this year. But I did find it funny, and listen, it is something worth talking about. Like how legitimate are those three things? So Jameis and Taysom being inconsistent, we know that fundamentally to be true, you know, at least right now, even though apparently there's videos flying around of Jameis Winston dropping balls like into the bucket. And, you know, apparently it looks great in practice and all this shit. It's Whatever. always been Jameis Winston, every single. Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, he has a lot left to prove. Uh, and then, Again, the 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 Matt Ryan thing is kind of like, yeah, they got rid of Julio, but they did pick up Kyle Pitts, who everybody's saying is going to be this generational tight end prospect. And I also really liked him a ton in my evaluation a lot too. I think Kyle Pitts versus J.C. Horn is going to be a damn good matchup for the next couple of years. But um, knowing that they also have Calvin Ridley, you know, I, I don't know – how big of a of a point that is like just the fact that they lost Julio um yeah you know, I still think they're probably gonna have a reasonably high powered offense um you know you said why didn't someone add a fourth com- like, why didn't they add a fourth comment and I think that's a good question so let's us do that what's the one reason that we should be confident in Sam and we've probably mentioned this a million times before too but you know, like those were reasons that had nothing to do with Sam. So what are the reasons that have to do with Sam that we think will actually make him successful? And I think the easy you know, thing to float is the amount of talent that he has around him now. The receiving talent, Christian McCaffrey, and uh, now uh, his play caller. Um, is there anything else that uh, you all want to add to it? I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it is. It's going to be something a little, I won't say deeper. Maybe something uh, people aren't going to think of right away. One is, the, and it's kind of, a, first let me set it up with by just telling, reminding people what Sam Darnold had to deal with when he was in New York. Number one, he had Adam Gase where we've seen the press conference when his introductory press conference, and he looked like uh, there was like a fly flying around him. He looked so out of sorts. He also looked like he was on like 5,000 shots of espresso. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I do think this is, I just think it's important to remind this is despite you got, look, I know it's easy for us to say how dysfunctional it was with the jets and how bad it is. And this is only going to get better. 
But I just want to remind that Adam Gase was the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback's coach, which leads me to my reason. I'm hoping that the reason Sam Darnold to have a little confidence in growth has to do with Sean Ryan, the quarterback's coach for the Carolina uh, Panthers, who has been a quarterback's coach. He's done a stint with Deshaun Watson. He did a stint with uh, Matt Stafford. And now uh, he is taking over another young talent. So the fact that he has had that he now has a quarterback's coach, someone dedicated to improving his craft that has um, shown or exhibited the ability to work with different types of quarterbacks and help them progress, I think is a my first reason to have some, I won't say confidence, but optimism. Okay. CK, you have any uh, uh, thing to add on? He's on in mid he got him in mid-chew. Oh, I didn't uh, even see him. My bad, dude. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hey, that's yeah, not so... me, man. That's not my fault. You're supposed to be podcast ready, bro. <laughs> right, I'm just playing. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, how about this is, um, look, is that, look, we have to see it to believe. I mean, look, look, everybody's at yeah. the, we got to see it to believe it. Uh, how, here's another reason, I guess, to add on to, the Sean Ryan thing is Tannehill's success as he's moved on uh, and gotten away from Adam Gase and that type of relationship. I just felt like Gase is no whether or not he is just such a like the worst, which I think he is, is that I'm mean, it's, it's taking on too much being head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterbacks coach. And, you know, one of the things that moving in, this is why I think um, coordinators don't always make the best head coaches or this is about delegation when you get to that type of level. Um, And you can't do everything yourself. Like you have to be confident in the people you bring in and that you step in when necessary. You are the captain of the ship, but the captain of the ship can't put the rigging up. He can't pull the sails down. He can't, you know, go into the bottom of the ship and and keep the pump running. He's got to be the guy that takes responsibility when it's at its worst. Not every minute task. So I think that's something um, that potentially could benefit him. I want to ask you guys this. I was in, uh, again, I, that Triple Crown question came uh, at Sports Trivia. I was actually on... Uh, the radio pirate radio I'll go on every Friday at three o'clock to talk NFL Carolina Panthers. And there's two Cowboys guys that came in. We're doing the NFL that we're doing the football fan football preview. So going around the league, we bring in fans uh, from teams and just talk about what their off season looked at, like what last year went like and what they're looking forward to uh, going forward. And these two Cowboys guys came in. Um, we were talking uh, the qual, you know, the reasons they should be optimistic. Some question, one of the questions asked is, uh, they asked is who has the best wide receiver core in the NFL. Now I asked the chat room this and like good Panther fans, they just said us, 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 who has the best receiving group. And clearly uh, it's not the new England Patriots as in, in Nikhil Harry trying to get out of there as quickly as possible. I said, oh, the Carolina Panthers, they laughed at me. 
They laughed at me. I said the disrespect of DJ Moore, who Tory Smith today said is the most underrated receiver in the league. But their their idea was this is that is that you can't that's not the most complete wide receiver group. Like who's got the triplet? Who's got the triple? Right? And I'm and what do you guys think is that team? Or who do you think that team is? Mm, so there's a bunch of good answers. I think the Cardinals are one of them with uh, DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green. Um, but then, uh, nope. And, but see, still, you're stopping at two. AJ Green's old, hurt, washed up, arguably. Christian Kirk. They also have Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, right? And Christian uh, still is and, pretty good. Yeah. And Isabella. I don't know if he's still playing good ball for them. Real fast, white boy. Um, uh, I think the Browns also still have a really good, um, oh, you know, okay. with, with, uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. How and, are we uh, forgetting the Bucks? That's the other one that I put out there, and Tampa I couldn't Bay. think of. Uh, I couldn't think of anybody. I was trying to think Evans, of. It. I forgot Godwin, the third receiver, Scotty Miller, um, uh-uh. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown. I mean, they it's have Evans, um, Antonio Brown, and Godwin. That's a pretty respectable. And game. I think we could also count Gronk in that too. He's a tight end, but still, it's a receiving weapon, I guess. But they're loaded. Yeah, no, no doubt they're. Are they they're better than us? Oh, Asajjo Robert, the great one, Titans. Right now, they added Julio. They got Brown, and they have a crazy good tight end, I believe. Yeah, what's it? Uh... I forget the guy's name. Vikings is another one too with uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Um, again, they're kind of right though. Like there aren't too many that are three deep. Like most of them, it, the bigger teams have like those two top flight, you know, quarterbacks, and that's true. AJ Green has to prove that he can still do that, and he's not just a once upon a time guy. I do think he is in a much better situation. Um, I don't know. Their I answer that's... was the Cowboys. Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb. No. Gallup is all right, but he's not like – you wouldn't put him in the top 15 of players in the league. And we still haven't – yeah, true. We also still haven't uh, really seen what um, uh, old boy at Oklahoma is going to be the, uh, in the NFL. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, he was my number one receiver in that draft. I, I like him, but – Again, that's not proof. Didn't he have a good last, uh, good year last year? Yeah, he had some really, really good catches last year. Um, by but, that, by that, the triplet, you can say DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey because because Christian McCaffrey is better than at least half of the wide receivers in the league. Bro, what if it's uh, uh, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Terrace Marshall? But that's what I'm saying. Like, until we know, you can't say it's Terrence Marshall yet, man. He's got to catch a ball before you you can't say say that. As and and in the same, like, just a statement before, say we don't know what we have in Ceedee Lamb yet. Right? Right. No, no, no. For sure. For sure. I just think that you know. So for so two things, I don't think it's crazy that at some point in this season. The Panthers are being mentioned as one of the better receiving cores in the right. NFL. I don't either. I think that, yeah, I think that's entirely possible. I also really agree that DJ Moore is the most underrated receiver in the NFL, and I've been on record. I've said this before. I'll say it again. <laughs> I see so many similarities between DJ Moore and DeAndre Hopkins. 
DeAndre Hopkins was a badass even before uh, he had Deshaun Watson throwing him the football. But then he gets Deshaun, and then you see what a receiver like that is capable of doing. I think if Sam Darnold is able to be anything close to you know to a, a reasonable franchise quarterback, I think everyone will be singing the praises uh, of DJ Moore this year. I yeah. really do believe. Agreed, that. agreed. And you got to keep in mind DeAndre Hopkins. Even if you want to bring that up, like he got, he was so good even before he had Deshaun Watson. He got yeah. them to sign him like in his third year of his rookie contract. He didn't even get yeah. to his fourth year before they, like, he was like, listen, I've been, and he even went on record saying this. He's like, I've been putting these numbers up with these quarterbacks that I've been playing with. Come on, bro. <laughs> so, and then, like, the one criticism that people kind of say to that is this. Uh, Tyler Cunningham says, uh, DJ Moore is too inconsistent. And, again, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, trying to wipe over all of DJ Moore's flaws i mean he's not a perfect player by any stretch of the imagination but i think yeah. when you look at uh, i mean what how many years has dj Moore been a thousand yard receiver in a row like what two. the last the last two, two for sure and, and he did it with kyle allen and teddy right. fucking bridgewater like right. dude that's crazy impressive it's also hard to be super sure-handed when you don't know what kind of adjustment you're going to have to make to the football because Teddy Bridgewater underthrew the damn thing by five yards. You know, again, like, once you get into a rhythm with your quarterback, like, I don't think DJ Moore has ever had that. Even the year before last, it was kind of just, you know, Kyle (laughs) Allen, whenever he would get the ball, DJ Moore was the first read. So, boom, I'm going to throw it to him, and DJ ends up getting 1,000 yards. And that was a year that Kyle Allen was dumping. I mean, that's when – Kyle Allen was made to look like an incredible quarterback for a while because he had Christian McCaffrey as well. Like, I mean, there's, you got to remember that was the year that Christian McCaffrey got his money. Like, because this, like it was- Cephas, Cephas is bringing up this, and this was going to be my next point is DJ Moore is not going to get any respect in the league. As long as he's just putting yards up, he's only had four receiving touchdowns in those, each of those 1000 yard receiving years. Right. And look, we can make reasons why he hasn't had him, but until he gets up there to that 10 touchdown season and does that, it's, it's going to be hard for him to consistently enter uh, a conversation of a top receiver in the league. And this right. is why Steve say, Steve Smith was such a sensational you know, product, is not only was he producing in catches and yards, but he was getting in the red zone like crazy. And... You know, DJ Moore is just going to have to get in the end zone more or else he's just going to be a receiver that's very productive, potentially underrated, um, but arguably misused maybe. We can, uh, <laughs> or something, we can, you know what I'm saying? Or, I think we can chalk up DJ Moore's red zone production to uh, Joe Brady's lack of red zone uh, drills, guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah since yeah, we didn't practice. You hit the nail on the head, dude. 100%, dude. Speaking of Joe Brady, a story came out on the Carolina Panthers website uh, today. Yep. And it says uh, Dan Arnold thinks he's ready to take the next step. Uh, Jaron Garrett uh, quotes uh, Dan Arnold here saying, I'm just ready to take on a bigger role, I guess. Um, <laughs> having the opportunity to start becoming a good player and a guy who can make a difference on this team. I'm most excited for that. I feel like I've done my time. I'm ready to go out and make plays consistently. 
Um, he caught 31 passes for 438 yards and four touchdowns, interestingly, coincidentally, as we talk about that, um, last year for the Cardinals. And uh, he began to show, as Gant writes, that he could be a threat in the passing game and that he then goes on to cite that the Panthers could use that when it comes to the tight end position. Ian Thomas has been a letdown, and he only had 20 catches last year with 145 yards um, and one touchdown, I believe. And maybe that was last year or all of his years. Right. Um, and then it goes on to say this, and this is how it's related to Joe Brady. Dan Gant moves on to talk about, and quote, Joe Brady, who says, hey, this is, quote, the tree that I grew up in, the tight ends are the most important position on the field, the matchups that they create and everything. It's been a point of emphasis this offseason, just trying to get those guys going in the passing game. And I think those guys have kind of taken and ran with it. My question for you is, do you believe that Dan Arnold uh, is going to make that type of impact for the Carolina Panthers offense? And if so, why were the tight ends – not even part of the offense last year. And is there anything weird that, I mean, like now Joe Brady says it's so important. Cody, I know you've referenced what you saw in LSU as his ability to use tight ends. What do you think of Dan Arnold and Joe Brady's philosophy? Yeah, I really like it. And I do agree with them that, um, you know, again, everybody wants to make assumptions and say that they know things after one year. Like everybody, you know, uh, Everybody knows what uh, Joe Brady wants to do or what he didn't do at LSU. Like, there's no room for people to evolve. Like, like Cephas is saying Joe Brady didn't use Titans in college. One, that's not even true. Randy Moss's son, Thad Moss, was a big part of that LSU offense. He didn't get drafted, but it's, I mean, he was a part of that offense that mattered to them. Like, my, my thing is this. Um, I do want us to start utilizing the position more. Tight end is the most versatile uh, weapon in all of football, really. I mean, what other position has to block the best edge rushers and run routes against the best corners? Like, they really are the do-it-all kind of player on the football team. And if we're able to get some kind of production from that position, yeah, man, the the sky's the limit, dude. I really do think – uh, Tommy Tremble, you know, again, like, uh, you know, we're talking about rookies again and guys that have yet to prove it, but um, I really do see a ton of potential from our tight ends, and I I do really think that we're going to see um, a jump in tight end production this season. I don't know necessarily um, whom it's going to be from. I think uh, Ian Thomas is someone that we kind of gloss over um, in terms of prove-it years. This is a big prove-it year for Ian Thomas, who we have not seen much of to date. Um, but also we brought in Dan Arnold and a young, talented uh, blocker named Tommy Tremble, too. So it'll be it'll be um, fun to see how they split up the reps. To me, it's a perfect uh, opportunity to go two tight end sets, uh, what the Patriots have used to uh, kill the NFL for which seasons. the Panthers used before the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, dude. At the time. I mean, speaking of Greg yeah. Goldson and Jeremy Shockey. Oh, yeah. Uh, being, you know, part of that. CK is, will Ian Thomas get more work than Dan Arnold or Tommy Tremble this year? No. I mean, even will in he his be, number. 
Even in his opportunities last year, he was still lackluster. I mean, he dropped, what, two or three passes in key moments? Like, he's still, like, I mean, you could talk about he's he had a lot of potential, but I, I just don't see that he's elevated himself to a position that's, you know, going to provide confidence. You know what I mean? He's also part of the old regime, and this team right. has been moving on from that regime uh, at every turn. So you got to wonder if the writing is on the wall for Ian Thomas and his time in Carolina. We'll be interested to see if Tommy Trimble gets more reps than him this season. That's the one I'm pumped about because I, again, like people want to look at one season and make all kinds right. of assumptions. Tommy Trimble wasn't really used a lot in the passing attack at Notre Dame. Therefore, everyone who watches his film says, Oh, he's just a blocker. He's never going to be a receiving tight end. Well, once upon a time, people thought that also about George Kittle right. and, and, and look what that guy is. So, Again, man, we have a young offensive coordinator who has a lot of inventive ways to get guys, you know, a part of the game plan. Like, we, we, we're still in that period, but we need to let our coaches show us who they are. Let our players show us who they are. And everyone, everyone's in a good position to do that now. Yeah. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm pumped. Former NFL receiver Chris Hogan was never traded during his nine NFL seasons. He was a Carolina Panther in one of those seasons. But in his first season in the professional Premier Lacrosse League, Hogan was traded today or yesterday. And one other guy, Simon O, he was sent by the Cannons to the Whip Snakes for Kevin Reisman. While that likely matters to no one, the Whip Snakes is kind of an interesting team name. What do you think about that? <laughs> that we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about the team that he was traded to, not the fact that he was traded. Like that's right. how much he wasn't really important to the Panthers. The oh Whip goodness. Snakes is the name of it. Uh, pretty terrible. I don't think I'd want to be a Whip Snake. Um, there yeah, was Whip Snakes. Interesting like, uh, story when it comes to North Carolina and snakes this past i think this was let me see this story's published on the june 29th raleigh north carolina neighborhood awoke tuesday to news that a zebra cobra snake was on the loose zebra cobra snake is not indigenous to the state in fact it's not indigenous to the country zebra cobras originate from africa and uh i believe are nocturnal and very poisonous, uh, very venomous, should we say. Anyway, uh, whip snakes, zebra, cobras, and North and Panthers news and opinions. Uh, interesting. Let's see. That's, I believe, about all the news I got. You guys want to go ahead and jump to the cat calls? Let's do it. All right. Don't forget the cat calls are powered by Avolta. Go ahead and throw it up for me, Cody. Yep. If you'd like to achieve energy independence, fixed rate for life. If you're north and if you're in North Carolina or South Carolina homeowner, you don't want to worry about zebra snakes. You want to worry about getting a fixed rate for life, adding equity, taking advantage of tax credits. You can call our boy Kevin Brown, solar consultant and Carolina Panthers fan. Say, look, I heard about this opportunity on C3 Panthers podcast. 704-215-3373. He takes special care of Carolina Panthers fans. Go ahead and do that. He's helping power um, the catcalls. Let's see if this will work. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty 
You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Hold on. Hold on. Hey guys, it's Chuck from Elizabeth City. Uh, kind of got thinking about uh, getting into training camp, getting ready to start up in the preseason. And I'm kind of picking three guys that I think are going to exceed expectations. I'm going to pick one that's played on the roster last year, and that's Sam Franklin. I think Sam Franklin is going to play more safety than he did last year for us, and I think he's going to play well. And before it's all said and done, I see him bypassing Justin Burris. And that, that's my opinion. I don't think Clinton Dix is coming in. I'm just taking a gamble on the kid. Number two, the rookie that I see exceeding expectations is going to be none other than David Moore, the rookie from Grambling State. I think after about the first or second week, I could see him being entrenched at guard. Uh, getting a little bit of center playing time if, if pair just goes down or hopefully not. But I just think David Moore is really being the gem of this class because he went undrafted. And we can't afford to put him on a practice squad. And I, I think he's going to move his way up. How and many Moors do we have? You know, we had to hear why he had. If you go back, remember before the season started last year, he kind of shit the bed. We thought he was going to be better than what he was. And Stephen Weatherly. But I think Morgan Fox is going to be better than advertised. Um, I still think we got a glaring weakness at left tackle, but that's kind of all I got for the night, guys. Thanks, Chuck, for the call. It uh, goes back to the safety position. Cody believes that this is uh, the fundamental weakness or the weakest um, unit on this team, so much so that he believes that Trey Boston was the biggest loss that this team experienced uh, this past season, which is also uh, ridiculous. Sam Franklin, though, has played pretty well. Did I say it was the spot. biggest loss? Yeah, remember, what did we do? Like, we all said, uh, remember, we all had to say the name at the same time, and we said, oh, it was Curtis Samuel. Everybody yeah, Cur- in their right mind said Curtis Samuel. And uh, everybody in their wrong mind said Trey Boston. I guess I stand by that, but I still say that. <laughs> uh, that that's just, I don't want that to be my answer. But the fact that it was, I think, should speak to how bad I think the problem is. So, um, Oh, uh, well, let me see. Go ahead. Um, any thoughts on the safety position, Sam Franklin's? Um, you know, one of the things that I saw that the creator group, we, you know, because we got that busy DM chat of all the YouTube creators, uh, some of the people are referencing, you know, that this is just kind of like, hey, the Panthers and really some teams don't place an emphasis on safety. And some of our best defensive units, we've had kind of just some ho-hum guys. Um, but, you know, you are asking this is that if injury occurs, um, you know, you want those young players to step in and do pretty well. And Sam Franklin wasn't the worst, you know, when he was on the field. Right. The question is when you bank on, players stepping into that kind of role somewhat like we banked on Ian Thomas stepping 
into the role at tight end last year. What when it doesn't work is the problem. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I feel like that's a problem for us, you know, specifically. So right. I don't know, man. Like uh, again, whenever I, I hear people mention Justin Burris or any of the other bums that we have, uh, you know, fighting for a potential free safety spot. Like, dude, you better turn up and blow me away before I think that you're going to be serviceable at that position. Um, I am astounded that we didn't, out of all the draft picks that we made, not one of them was anything close to resembling a free safety. And not one of the guys that we brought in in free agency was anything close to uh, uh, a serviceable free safety. So, I'm telling you, man, like I'm worried about this until I have reason to not worry about it. So I forgot um, to mention this. If, uh, if the Chris Hogan story didn't really get your goat or get your, get the juices flowing, this was breaking news on June 30th, which was last Friday. Vintel Bryant for the Carolina Panthers has been suspended without pay for the first two games of the 2021 regular season. So upset. interesting note about this story by the Carolina Panthers on their website. It says Vintel Bryant foe F O foe. The Carolina Panthers has been suspended. Does this matter? And my answer to that question is who's Vintel Bryant? <laughs> I mean, your, answer, your answer should have been next cat call. Wide <laughs> right. receiver. Uh, what's great about this is that I heard this story. I brought it up when I was on Pirate Radio 1250 and uh, 92.7. Check me out there on Fridays at 3 o'clock. You can stream it and stuff like that. Um, I was with some, like we were, like I said, with those Dallas Cowboy fans. And my buddy Clip, who's the host of the show, immediately Googles Vintel Bryant because no one knows who he is. And the funny part is the first picture that comes up, he's in a Cowboys jersey, and it made all sense why he would be suspended. Interesting connection, though. It is, any guesses, why he might be on this team or on this roster at this point. He's a camp body. Yes, and one other answer that should be the answer of every person on this team where we don't uh, really a, know. Uh, Matt Rule. Uh, Temple guy. Temple guy, yep. Yep. All right. Um, let me see. I think we got one more cat call. Let's see what we got here. I should be. If I had. Uh, no, I guess if I had a host of. What it do, boys? It's your boy Mike. Eric Supreme. Eric Litos. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Oh my what gosh. My dude. Haven't called in in a while. Um just been enjoying the summer. You know. Hope everything is well with you boys. Missed you guys, so I thought I'd just call in and say, "Hi, hi." Um, what's good? Oh, bro? real quick, uh, shout out to my boy Greg. You know the Bat Daddy. We miss you. We miss you, Bat Daddy. Come back, Bat Daddy. 
Uh, <laughs> hope the hiatus is treating you well. I know you're the uh, podcast master, so you know we all need a little vacay sometimes. So shout out to my boy Greg. Shout out. Um, the bad yeah, guy. so all that there was little one little nugget I came across on the uh, Charlotte Observer. That's observer, <laughs> Charlotte observer in a, a foreign dialect. Observer. <laughs> um, they, uh, I forgot who interviewed him. Um, I don't know who cares. Um, but they interviewed uh Brady Christensen. I don't know if you guys spoke on this yet. Uh, and one part talked about him playing on the right side, uh, playing right tackle, and yeah. how he felt about that and all that good stuff. And kind of leads me to believe, like, you know, would they put Moten on Ooh. the left side? This brings up the big discussion. Point, I mean, who the fuck else are you going to put over there? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, so. Oh, and they also told him about the uh, Matt Rule saying he was a second-round guard, third-round tackle or something like that. And his answer, it was funny, they put in parentheses that he paused and was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, time's up, boys. Pain for pride till I die. Peace. This Peace. brings up, uh, thank you for bringing that up because maybe missed the kind of segue into that entirely is that New Orleans Saints extended Ryan Ramchek that yeah. made him the highest paid right tackle at 19.2 million per year which is just ahead of the Eagles Lane Johnson at 18 million this is according to uh, the Saints wire of USA today but uh, there's a rub the the ideal result isn't always but we see is I don't know if it's um, how big of a contract this is, but I think it was something like in the 60 million guaranteed number. I'll try to pull it up in just a second on over the cap. I put this out a tweet when that, when I saw this is that I bet you the Panthers aren't happy now when it comes to this reset of the right tackle or of, of this money, because in relation to Ta Taylor Moten, you signed this deal before Ram check. Maybe you don't pay that number. Uh, and immediately people started telling me that Ryan Ramchek is, is far better than Taylor Moten. But the Carolina Panthers, I believe, have like one or two days left, not long left, before to sign an extension for Taylor Moten, or else he will be playing under the 2021, what's it called again, one more time, franchise tag. And uh, if this kind of story with Brady Christensen continues to gain legs because Matt Rule came out and said that he believes, you know, they kind of have him as a right tackle. So what does this tell us? Is Taylor Moten moving to the left? I don't see how that should. I don't think he has, uh, I don't think he has the correct skill set to play that. Not entirely. I think you would hate to ruin a good thing where, why, why not just let him dominate where he's been dominating rather than hoping He's going to do great. And and would you, if you're Taylor Moten, play left tackle this year? I don't think I would want to. 
Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think I kind of would because you have the last three years of high level right tackle tape, right? So you're always going to be able to fall back on that. But two, let's say he does move to the left. Like I feel like we're kind of too quick to poo-poo this notion that maybe Taylor Moten should be our left tackle. And we're hesitant to do it because, well, it's going from right to left, and we know he's good at right, so don't fuck up a good thing. And, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's true. But, dude, imagine the kind of – imagine how much more money Taylor Moten might be able to command if he does go to the left side this year and, and proves, hey, I can play both sides of the line. Where do you need me to be? I'll go there and play it. I mean, if you have that kind of versatility and you prove it in a contract here, hey, man, like, you know, maybe it, that maybe that's just what the doctor ordered for him. Uh, but then again, I don't trust it the other way around. I don't trust, um, you know, putting Taylor Moten on the right and Brady Christensen on the left. So again, it's like, did we even, are we even going to have a starting job or a starting caliber offensive lineman out of Brady Christensen this year. I don't know that we will. And frankly, if that's the case, I've said this before, I do think that'll be a wasted pick if Brady Christensen doesn't play for us. But so, you like that pick. You like that pick. And here are the details of the Ryan Ramchek signed a five-year contract worth $96 million with the Saints. Ramchek, according to Over the Cap, received $60 million in guarantees, of which $43 is guaranteed immediately at signing I'm pretty sure that next 17 million is going to be guaranteed after uh, the fir- after the 2022 season combined with 2021. Um, I don't hear. I don't think if I was Taylor Moten, I'd want to take that gamble. Yes, if you go to the left and play like a like crazy well, then uh, like if you bec- then yes, you're going to hit the lottery. But if you go to the left side and struggle. <clears throat> and struggle bad and you look at you say well you have those three years of tape on the right tackle well one of the kind of things is is that taylor moten hasn't shown any weaknesses at this point and maybe another team is thinking if the worst case scenario we can move them over to the left if we got to if the if our guy gets hurt but if they see he can't play left it hurts him like wouldn't you want to be the best at your position rather Certainly. than top some you know just kind of in the top 10 yeah but if you're if if word gets around that you're refusing to move to a different position because of a that specific fear then i i think that alone is already going to be a bad moniker you want so i mean you kind of want to have confidence in who you are as a player regardless so is it kind of jacked up of carolina to do that to him on a franchise <laughs> i kind of don't disagree with that yeah and how about this it's stupid that now we're going to like uh i think T Money brought this up on my Friday show that I did. That, like, all of the players that we have developed throughout the years on our offensive line and actually turned into good players, they all fucking leave. Andrew Norwell left, Trey Turner left, and then they also suck when they leave, leave, by the way. They also suck when they leave. Who you want to talk about? Norwell but, yeah, but, okay, dealt with injuries, being, dealt with crazy sure, injuries. Trey Turner he, dealt with injuries, by the way, is now signed with Detroit. Uh, how about Greg Van Roten? How about, you know what I'm saying? Like, where where is these guys going on to have Van Roten wasn't to proven? Been. He got pretty good money. 
Yeah, but uh, mean, oh, what about Mike it. Rimmers? How'd he do when he left? Oh, Mike Rimmers sucks, but we didn't develop him. We did. We didn't draft Mike Rimmers. Like my point is, players Norwell that we, is the only name. Norwell's the only name that. No, but what, I, what I'm saying is, is that guys that we have drafted and then developed into a serviceable member of the offensive. But well, Norwell is undrafted. Yeah, and 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 if it wasn't for a man, name me one name other than Norwell. One other than Norwell, who what? Who's that? Who's notable? Uh, uh, like it to the irrelevant to, or irrelevant to this conversation, dude? It's easy to talk shit now, but Trey Turner was a Pro Bowl guard, and yeah, he made. Yeah, but we money later. dumped him, and we got an equivalent player who j- contributed just as much. Uh, to our team as Trey Turner contributed to the Los Angeles Chargers. And on top of that, that was after two seasons of deteriorating play, too, for Trey Turner. How about so this? I don't I don't accept that name. I don't even think that that name should count. Yeah, but so what? Taylor Bowden isn't a name that you're going to say that we should let go, but we're probably going to. And there's another guy that we drafted, built him up, and coached him up to but be we also paid him big time too go. we didn't pay yeah Taylor well Moulton. i mean like you got rid you jettisoned him at the right time you saved a lot of money and you didn't lose anything no i'm talking about taylor moton now oh now, i thought you meant Trey Turner. Yeah, so all right so Trey Turner i think we should extend taylor moton i don't understand um particularly when there's so many questions uh, with the offensive line, right? We, yeah. oh, Daryl Williams, <clears throat> which is another guy that I, yeah, he he sucked for. He a wasn't long time. any good. He had one season at right tackle where he was good. Yeah, and then PFF sucked him off, and you know for an entire year. Meanwhile, we were always putting Ed Dixon on his side to help him block. And I maintain that Trey Turner was the only reason he looked even kind of good in that season that he did grade out well. I, um, you know, I, I want these guys to get better. I want the Carolina Panthers to invest more in their offensive line. I think the offensive line played much better than people give them credit for last season. I really do think that they were not the poorest, the dimmest light bulb on the team. Not to say that they were dominant, but I think they were improved from the year before. Um, it's sad to see. And I think this is why so many people, even like while we're excited about J.C. Hornpick, is why, you know, there was some trepidation and the immediate announcement of that is, again, the Carolina Panthers trying to, you know, band-aid their way through all of this. Right. Where your most proven player on the team is playing on the franchise tag. Yes, he's going to have to play good, but you're going to have to pay him a lot anyway if it works out. Um, or you're going to have to let the big dog walk, which is even worse for a team that doesn't have any answers. There are, rem- uh, there are so many questions at left tackle, whether Moten should switch over, who would take his spot. And I bet you it's going to be Cam Irving. And tr- don't give me that Trent Scott is uh, like you're just feeling that great about him. Did he play above expectation last year? Certainly. Right, he came into some tough situations and played pretty darn good for like what a sixth round pick, fifth round pick, whatever he was. But I, I don't think that you should. Again, that's like kind of like banking on Sam Franklin a little bit. Um, so is that to me is like look, Norwell's the only person on that list 
out of all those people, that means anything to me. Like, I mean, is that, and I'll even give you like a little bit like of credence with that. Unless Taylor Moten goes off and we let him walk, then I would say that that is a continued reiteration of this. But the Carolina Panthers are going to have to get, I don't know, they're going to have to get more proven on the offensive line. And I don't think that, I, I truly think Cam Irvin's going to be the one that starts at left tackle. And I don't think that's a good thing. But I don't no, know if I, there's a better thing on the team either. Well, to me, it's entirely possible that there is someone better on the football team than Cam Irving. In fact, not not only true, true, yeah, there totally one, is that. That is a possibility, but I don't really have any true belief in anybody else either. I'm dis I disbelieve in Cam Irving, but I don't know how much more I believe in Trent Scott. Who do you think would play left tackle better, Cam Irving or Taylor Moten? I don't Whoa, know. This is actually kind of spicy. I don't know. Is I don't think that I don't think Taylor Moten uh, looks like a left tackle in. Yeah, his but yeah, but, but what does that mean though? Do, do, so do you feel? All right, okay. so is that so I would just say to, is no, this? If you had to pick right now a left tackle and you had to choose between Cam Irving and the guy who's been playing left tackle and Taylor Moten, who's a damn good right tackle, but you haven't seen too much of left tackle, who would you pick? I don't know. Really? I just would say Taylor Moten needs to stay where he's at because he's been successful. And I mean, like, and I'm not saying like, and maybe me, maybe this is a little bit to me of being old school in my mentality, not old school, but older school of what the NFL and the left tackle position means. Because maybe we are overrating the left tackle position because NFL defenses just put their best defensive ends on the worst tackle. So if you put the worst tackle on the right side, they're going to put the best defensive end on the, on their left. If you put the, you know, and so, but it just seems like there it's, it's like, it's just harder for left tackles to get off the line quick. And I don't know if Taylor Moten looks like he's like the most nimble of players. You know, I would say he's kind of a road grader who, his right. sound footwork never seems to be out of sorts. That's one of the things you don't see him on his back. You don't see him, you know, he's got long enough arms to keep guys away even. And he's strong enough. It seems like to compensate for guys that have speed rush. He's smart enough to deal with the different moves. So if that, and maybe I'm, you know, look is, do you think Orlando Brown, right? Isn't that his name? Yeah. For the Ravens or formerly if uh, the, Guy the Chiefs picked up. Do you is he a left tackle? Uh, he wanted to play left tackle, but was only playing right tackle, and he didn't want to move from uh uh because they have Ronnie Stanley at left tackle, so they didn't want to move him. And he said, "I'm going to go somewhere where I can play left tackle." But I don't know, man. Like I just think that if you go down the list of like, okay, Taylor Moten. Or Brady Christensen, who do you trust more at left tackle? Mm, I say Moten. And by the way, if you uh, the opening game of the two thousand what seventeen? When do we open with Dallas? When do we open with the Cowboys at home? Was that seventeen or eighteen? I don't 17? even remember us opening against the Cowboys. Oh yeah, no, we, we opened against Oakland. <laughs> we opened with Oakland last year. 
Um, no, but we opened the season a few years ago with Dallas at home. And I think it was 2017. And Taylor Moten played left tackle in that entire game. Um, and I remember watching that game thinking that he didn't look terrible. I mean, he really didn't. So I don't know. Maybe I'm beating a dead horse. But my thing is this. If you feel more comfortable about a different guy playing right tackle and Taylor Moten's down for the job, fuck it. Let's try. Let's try. I mean, what what, what if we end yeah. up finding out? I would be concerned playing on under such circumstances with a new position under the franchise tag. You want to sign me and extend me right now? And then let's give us a try and see how it goes. Then I'm Taylor Moten saying yes, because in three years, I will not come to training camp if I'm still the starting left tackle and we'll have to renegotiate that contract. But not only is there risk of injury, there's risk of insult. And I just don't know if that's a risk. If I was Taylor Moten, that I would want to take. Just like I wouldn't want to take the risk of playing under the franchise tank, period, if I'm him. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't seem as though Taylor is going to hold out. Uh, but I don't know, dude. It, it just, especially now that Ryan Ramjet just got paid, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it just looks like another sign, like we're going to let Taylor Button go. And I fucking hate that because now, especially if we don't come out of this season, with Brady Christensen or one of these assholes looking like a franchise left tackle, that means we've kicked that can down the road and have to fix that next offseason. Right. And we have to potentially get another right tackle. Yeah. So I agree 100%. That's why I've been on board of extending Taylor Moten sooner than later. We should have done it last year. We could have done it last year. We could have done it in this entire offseason here. And as more as the franchise tag comes out, you think he's going to want less money next year? No. You know, a- after he plays for a full year and then you want to come negotiate with him? <laughs> yeah, right. No, he's not going to want less money than he wanted this year. And so here's I the don't thing, understand- too, is if he doesn't perform, if he doesn't do better this year to warrant even a better contract than he would have gotten last year, he's going to be pissed off with the Panthers and not sign with us anyway. Because we would have taken away his opportunity to actually make better money elsewhere. Like, if we moved him to left tackle and he just blunders, right? Or if he gets hurt, like a serious injury this year, um, right? That's going to take down his market value considerably. Um, Even though it's still going to be probably a good, you know, uh, contract that he signs, it's not going to be like it was this year if he does find himself in that situation, like, we're already, I mean, what are the likelihoods that he's going to want to re-sign with Carolina? But my real question right now is, why haven't we? Like, in your eyes, as, as let's look at it objectively. Let's talk about the reasons why the Panthers may not have done it yet. Because I think the Panthers, you know, they wouldn't have franchise tagged him if they didn't value him. What is the biggest holdup? Dude, I mean... I, I can't tell you. I, I wish we would have done this two years ago. I wish that Marty Herney would have done it. I wish that uh, uh, Scott Fitter would have done it. And he still hadn't done it. I, I can't make sense of it. I, I really can't. Especially when there's so much turmoil and, and uncertainty on our offensive That's what line. I've been saying. And he's been have, the only certain one. The only, the only common denominator in the, the Panthers' offensive line 
last year and the years prior that has been good is Taylor Moten. Can and like you, you got to feel like this is like I would this wouldn't surprise me if Ron Rivera was still the coach. Yeah, or the GM or something. You know, Ron Rivera yeah. just let go of one of his best offensive linemen, Morgan Moses, who's played maybe not to the level at well right. at sometimes of of Taylor Moten, but again, like Taylor Moten, has not only been pretty good, but he's been available the whole time. Right. Ron Rivera again <clears throat> continues to cut offensive linemen so he can pay his defense. Right. He's just eyeballing the defensive players he wants to extend next year. So he's freeing up that space right now. It is surprising to me that the Carolina Panthers can't don't refuse to do anything else. And like Cody said, what is the reason? If the reason is two or three million dollars, two million dollars or uh on a season or five or six million in guaranteed money, can we talk that's about not a then? good enough? That's not a good enough reason for me not to do it. What's one of the reasons that that Russell Wilson has been upset with the Seahawks this past? I mean, mainly this offseason. Okay, where did Scott Fitterer come from? Seattle. Oh, yeah. And when's the last time you saw them pay offensive linemen any type of money like that? And I'm telling you, dude, in that Panthers, Unger, they paid. Uh, they paid uh, Unger. I don't know. Did they and pay then Unger? They traded, they traded his ass. Yeah, they traded him. <laughs> and then him, yeah. they traded his ass. I think they paid him and traded him. The thing uh, that gives me pause is during that Panther confidential thing, where our front office was like, "Oh yeah, we had Brady Christensen as a uh, a third round tackle and a second round guard." Like, what the fuck does that mean? When have you seen him play guard? Right. And why why would that put him uh, higher as as a as a second round guard right. as opposed to a third round guard? Like what what's the mindset behind that? Like exactly. it's not like Brady Christensen. I mean, I watched BYU film, dude. It, he was not on the interior. Right. If you you know it, that wasn't what he did. He's an athletic, mobile well, but still, left tackle. Is that- there is no. You can say lots of guys play tackle in college, but can't hang handle that in the pros, and they could see some success success on the interior. I do think the you know the critical question is why the Carolina Panthers not want to do this. And every day that passes, particularly as the franchise tag looms and it's close, unless we hear about an extension in the next four or five days, because when the Ramcheck story came out. I said we had seven days left before the friends, you know, there's a point where you have, you know, it's too late to negotiate. Now they're on the franchise tag. Right. You know, I want to say that, you know, every time that it gets to this point, less and less uh, reason for a team to, you know, it just seems like the writing's on the wall. And I, but I said that too with Dallas. I thought Dallas was parting ways with Dak. And when Dak got hurt, I thought, man, this gives them an easy out already. They've already kind of contra, you know, and then what they do, they made them the highest paid quarterback in the league almost or something, you know, $40 million man. So it's not impossible that the Carolina Panthers sign Taylor Moten uh, if, if they don't do it this year, but it seems like it would make less sense. Number one. As time goes on, if you're not ready to do it this year, why are you going to be ready to do it next year? Right. So, 
All right, we got one more cat call that just came in. And uh, I think it's worth... Oh, here it goes. Hi, this is Steve from Myrtle Beach. Um, Cody, I love 98% of what you say and talk about all the time. However, Steve Smith is the greatest of all time. I'm an older fan, so I was able to see many years of Steve Smith greatness. And Cam Newton had some years of greatness, but it was cut way too short. That's the difference, really. But Smith I mean, caught a touchdown while with a broken arm and going into the end zone. So he was a real tough guy. And he was like sometimes the only bright spot for many years as, as a Panther fan. Have a good day, guys. Not mad at that at all, man. And look, I know that that's never going to be a, a, a take that is unanimous amongst all Panther fans. Certainly, yeah. I, I know the place that Steve Smith holds in the hearts of Panther fans. And again, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm 100% right on it. I'm saying that's how I feel. It doesn't change how I feel. To me, Cam Newton is, is the man. I love him. I think what he had to do combined with the talent that you had around him, it, to me, is just Cam over everybody. But again, number one, 59 and 89. Right. Like, those are the trio, bro. You, you don't get any high any more high regard uh, in Panther Nation than uh, than those three. What, oh, way to disagree with class, Steve, from Myrtle Beach. Unlike yeah, thank Jimmy, you, Steve. Jimmy Rizzo. Uh, Cody, oh, what'd God, you do on this... Friday? Cody, what'd you do on Friday and then I got to play this? Because it makes yeah, me so, laugh. I laugh. So, uh, real quick, I intend this to be an every Friday thing, man. Every Friday, we're going to do a Friday free-for-all and I want to have all you fans that want to come on to the stream yard and talk shit and talk about Panther football. That's what I want you guys to do. Every Friday, you're going to have the opportunity to do that. Last Friday was the first of these streams. And uh, yeah, as you can see, we got... Uh, can uh, I play a highlight from this year? Yeah, yeah, you can. I was going to just give it a little context first. That, uh, all right. Yeah, I was... Um, so Team Money was in the chat room. Uh, Aaron from uh, Unnecessary Bluntness. Everybody check him out, too. And Tyler um, Cunningham in this yeah, chat room yeah, right Tyler now. Tyler Cunningham is in the chat. Uh, Zach was in there, too. I appreciate you, Zach. Uh, and then, yeah, so we're talking about the market and whether or not Charlotte is, you know, if, if we have a good football team, I don't think the Charlotte market would stop players from deciding to come here. We're just getting ready to talk about that. And then, um, you know, who knows the Charlotte market better than anybody? Who's that? Jimmy Rizzo.com. He put this, and has anybody gone to this site? Jimmy Rizzo.com? It's a forward site. All it does is take it right back to his YouTube. Okay. All right. Uh, Here's Jimmy Rizzo, man, myth, legend. I got, uh, he's welcome on the show. I got a little surprise for him. Just because I don't think Charlotte is a very attractive place for people. Like, I mean, I, LA, I LA. Oh, okay. LA let's, LA. Say, let, let's actually let's stay on that for just a minute. Uh, but let's welcome Tony, Jimmy Rizzo. Speed. Jimmy, what's going on, dude? Anything's good on my world, but I like to talk about the real things, what go on in life. I don't like to talk about the trivial things. I think Aaron's a good guy. I think Aaron is a fantastic guy. By the way, there, Mr. Cody, yeah. what are you doing hosting a fucking show 
where you think that you're fucking God. I mean, come on, Curdy. I mean, Aaron's a good what? guy. He knows what he's talking about. And Curdy, you see him as if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, son. <laughs> I'm really? okay with him at this point. Aaron, I love you, son. But I'll be up here talking my shit, bro. Yeah, Curdy, Curdy, listen, listen. Curdy, listen, oh, really. We'll live to die at the end of the day. Aaron, I think you should be the horse, son. Hey, by, the way, Curdy, by the way, Curdy, let's keep it real. Curdy, I reckon you couldn't suck on a cock if you tried. <laughs> Get the <laughs> fuck up out of this room, bro. <laughs> Who the fuck was that? Whoa, zing! Is that is like uh, I mean, like, what? Oh my say, God, I bro. bet I couldn't even if I want, even if I didn't want to, because I don't want to. I don't even know what you say, but yeah, no, he's wearing down. a Harlem yeah. shirt. He's wearing a Harlem shirt, jumping on a Carolina Panthers podcast in a Scottish accent. What the fuck? It's a mind fuck. But it was the dumbest shit in the world. But look, man, I like. I love it, dude. If you want to talk shit to me, I'm down for some shit talking, bro. You try to talk some shit, I'm about that life, man. That's part of why I'm doing the Friday show, man. A lot of people don't like the things that I say on the podcast. So, hey, come tell me I'm stupid. I, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm here for it, man. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't care if you want to come and talk shit. But, yeah, if you want to tell me about me sucking dicks or whatever, like, bro, I ain't got time for it, bro. Fuck off. It's almost and like yeah. a Cody tweet. Right. It was almost like a Cody tweet. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. You can let loose a little on Twitter sometimes when you don't like something. Dude, it's like, where did it was just like, is it? I love this Eric guy. I love, but you know what? You should have just asked him if he wanted to suck Aaron's cock because that's what it sure <laughs> yeah, sounded right? like. Yeah, right. That's what it sounded like. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. He'll, uh, he was uh, trying to start some shit, but dude, I like he, shit. That's self, that's you know fine. what? That's classic self promotion, bro. Because everybody's gonna just kind of—it's just trolling for attention. Because everybody's gonna go look at his YouTube, and I can't hear you. By the oh, he's probably not talking to us. We couldn't yeah, hear I was, you. Sorry, my bad. Talking. Yeah, I was just saying, like, I don't even understand what he was like. I don't even understand a word he was saying. If I'm being honest. Yeah, that accent was boy. Dude, like, I'm pretty was, sure he just Googled yeah. StreamYards or searched on Twitter StreamYards and looked for people doing. Why does it sound familiar to me? And, like, I felt like Jimmy Rizzo sounded familiar. Uh, the name Rizzo is used in like a bunch of different. Yeah, like, maybe I've heard that was, name yeah. a, a ton. Um, but yeah, and then I went and looked at the guy's channel, and all he does is like, dude, he must not do anything during the day except for stream, because he's on from like uh, twelve in the afternoon until like nine at night. He'll do like nine Insane, hours stream. Dude. So, yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, man, it worked out for him. I mean, hell, Tony shouted him out and everything even tonight too. So. I know. Fucking go check I was laughing a little bit at, at first just because of the accent and all of this, and it felt like a little over the top. And then he goes, well, You can't even suck. I was like, I bet you can't even suck a car. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what is? I felt like he should say, like, is it an insult to say you can't even suck a cock? Like, I feel like that's the compliment. You're right. You should be like, a kid. I'm not even good at it, even if I tried. Thanks, I, I suppose. Uh-oh, my mom just showed yeah, up dude, in the chat. Your as mom this... showed up literally right as you said. Oh, my gosh. I hope she had her... Uh... On Tony, Tony that, that that's going to be at least ten Hail Marys tonight. I know. At I, I didn't do 10. it. It was John. It was something. Yeah, Rizzo. It was Rizzo. Jimmy Rizzo. I was stepping up for you. All right. Uh, like. Oh, uh, she's calling in, Tony. Oh God! Answer the phone, you heathenous bastard. It wasn't me, Mom. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. The cut. Uh, the cat calls her off. Turn the cat calls off. It's time to get <laughs> out of here, folks. Don't give uh, this uh, guy any attention, uh, except for what Akila Gargoyle says. That guy can ice up. And speaking of icing up, I think it's time to ice some fools up. The longest-running segment on the C3 Panthers podcast, which is the longest-running Panthers podcast, including the ones that the dang team does. We don't miss a week. That's how much we we love the Carolina Panthers more than the Carolina Panthers love the Carolina Panthers. We love the Carolina Panthers more than the Carolina Panthers. We love the <laughs> uh, uh, That was messed up. I should have done that. You do a lot of uh, shit you shouldn't do, but that's why we love you, Ice up segment where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. I know, Cody, you got uh, something for us. That will give CK time to think about his. I got one. I got one. No, I, CK, I came I, yeah, CK actually did his business, man. He came ready, dude. So, yeah, dude. Uh, all right. You want to go Let's first? Let's hear it. You want me to go first? Yeah, man. Go ahead. All right. So, I don't know if you guys heard about this police chief in Ohio. Dude's an idiot. There was a, a, a another officer who was a, a black officer. And he decided it would be funny to play a joke where he put a police jacket on the dude's desk, but taped over top of like the actual department name and, and put a piece of paper that had printed Ku Klux Klan and like walked away and it's all on camera. And like the dude didn't understand why he was being fired. Like I've been here for 30 years. You're going to let it happen like this. He's like, yeah, doors right there, bro. Like, like, listen, I, I know people, like, want to try to make jokes and stuff like that, but there are certain lines you don't cross. Um, and I feel like that's one that's pretty obvious. Um, and uh, just the fact that dude didn't even know, know that he did anything wrong is just hysterical to me. Um, so I'm telling that police chief who is no longer police chief in Ohio, uh, I sub, son, I sub. Yeah, that's a pretty... That's some low-hanging fruit right there, ain't it? Good guys. Yeah. It's easy to ice that one Yeah, up. that one was easy. And this is, this is again, where racist America is even, like, more bewildering than anything right. to me. Oh, is that dude. it's one thing to be racist. And I don't think that that – I mean, I'm not saying that's appropriate or anything. But, like, to not know you're racist when you're being racist – Right, it's yeah. even like so much worse to me. And when that is so over, the, I'm a, I, I don't not worse, not trying to quantify these things. Right, but it's like, oh, I'm not a racist. I just dressed up in blackface. Yeah. I'm not a racist. I just like, oh, it's not. It was just a joke. It was just and like, it's like God. 
I'm like, not I mean, racist. That's at just this point, just say you're a fucking racist and be one at this point, rather than being a right. Just, and then being like, oh, I'm so mad when everybody is so sensitive. The snowflake culture. Snowflake culture. <laughs> Ice up. Ice, Ice up to that, up. dude. I actually and, thought you were uh, mentioned a different one, CK. There was a guy that was yelling at his neighbor, white guy, black neighbor. He's screaming the N-word at the dude, like full bore, hard ER. And then at the end of the fucking video, he sees that someone's recording him. And he's like, hey, you got a problem with me? I live it, but but but, and starts giving out his address. Well, dude, that was... oh, is that the one in the neighborhood? And then they went and protested. Do you remember it was for like some people walking? I think we did it on this show. Where I, no, I don't know if it's if it, if it's related to that, but this dude had a whole gang of people show up to his house. So right. So, yeah, they had the, the police had to escort him out of his house uh, in order to save him. And then he wanted to say he's not racist because he calls white people the N word all the time, too. Oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. even that's like the next. It's like, God, yeah, not only so are you this, dumb. but you're dumb about yeah, you're, it. You're too. not, yeah, you're just like, stupid, you don't even yeah. have a, a like, you don't even. Uh, it's kind of like uh, one of the things that I wasn't more surprised, uh, actually was surprised about is that in, uh, I think it would be 1873, 72, right around there. So at the end of Reconstruction, we passed a series of laws known as the Enforcement Acts, right? So right. you could Google the Enforcement Acts and the federal government. And a lot of this, some of this had to do with some things that were going on in North Carolina um, and what it had to do was also with the rise of, you know, just white supremacy groups. The Ku Klux Klan wasn't the only one at the time. It's kind of the one that has gained the longevity and notoriety, I guess. But there was I was surprised that during the pandemic, people didn't cite the Enforcement Act because they made it illegal. The federal government made it illegal to wear masks and ride like and ride at night, like before intimidation right. purposes. Um, which is makes sense because the Ku Klux Klan is riding around terrorizing people. And the reason they wore a mask is because they wanted their identity concealed. Even if you knew who right. it was, you know, it's kind of like the reason you wear a mask when you rob a bank or something. Right. Um, I was surprised that those people <laughs> that didn't know they were racist, like that type of guy who's like, oh, I call even white. They didn't go, well, the Enforcement Act set a precedent <laughs> for the pan us not having to wear a mask during the pandemic. It's a violation. Of and then you would be like, oh, <laughs> oh well, they'll do it next time. Don't worry. Yeah. You've given them the idea. Um, yeah, right, what's, so your, I, uh, what's your ice up, Cody? Yeah, I will go ahead and go next on this. So, again, there is a very specific kind of wide receiver who criticizes Cam Newton. And it's the kind of wide receiver who's slow as fuck, doesn't separate, and doesn't take any responsibility for their own shortcomings. They have to put it on the quarterback. Now, you might think, oh, okay. I'm talking about Kelvin Benjamin here. 
Well, no, man. It turns out you're wrong because I'm talking about none other than former New England Patriot first-round pick, uh, none other than Nikhil Harry himself, who uh, is now requesting to be traded from the Patriots. Uh, and granted, mind you, this comes after reports have come out saying that uh, the Patriots might outright release homeboy. Like this first round pick wouldn't even make the squad. Okay. Oh my God. But then on top of it, so the Patriots, they picked him over AJ Brown, Debo Samuel. But then his trainer comes out and then wants to say of Cam Newton, we, uh, we got a new quarterback. We had to put some of that shit on Cam. Cam hasn't been the most accurate this year. Like if Nikhil had Tom Brady, Tom would have fed him. And dude, this is just more like, listen, it's one thing if you want to say Cam Newton is inaccurate. Dude, at this point, I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting it. Fucking whatever. But to put your lack of success on him. Well, hey, dude, you had Tom Brady throwing you the football at one point in time, and it didn't do shit for you, did it? Right. So it's like, dude, these people that come out and just have no self-awareness on how their own actions and their own abilities are what causes them to fail at football and not the quarterback who came in under COVID, had COVID, didn't get a chance to learn the playbook, and was working with a bunch of bum-ass wide receivers Nah, bro, I'm not a value from your ass. Dude, the Patriots didn't even want you. Um, they might not even be able to get a seventh-round pick for Nikhil Harry. So uh, to this lazy Kelvin Benjamin 2.0, I suck, son. I just don't get people, man. Like, when does that work out for any other any other players? <laughs> Never. Like, Having somebody Never. speak out like that, this, I don't know. By the way, I, I feel that you can even stretch that out to every player that has like shit on a former teammate or whatever for right. their lack of success. When has that ever worked out or been right. a good move for a player to talk like that? Like, never, 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 never. It's so dumb. My ISAP pick goes to the North Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles. And their tax and registration department in North Carolina, you have to pay your property taxes and your registration at the same time. You must get an inspection to do so. That inspection has to uh, happen 90 days with, before, you know, within 90 days of you renewing your registration. So I knew, renewed my wife's registration, taxes, tax, got inspected, then renewed that online. I've had success in that in the past. They charge my credit card $251. And I just haven't gotten the tags. I did this on May 6th. Like, I have a record of it being posted on my credit card. Uh, I didn't get my tags. And I thought, well, it's just slow. I've been driving around. We've been driving this car specifically because I was like, oh, the taxes are paid. Like, this and that. Uh, and the tags and this and the tags and taxes and tags haven't come, uh, come in yet. Thankfully, we have not been pulled over and received a ticket yet. But I was like, God, this is a long time. So I went on the DMV website like I paid and it's listed as like, um, you need to still do it. 
So then I even tried to redo it just to see if that would let me do it. <laughs> and it said, no, like there's been an error. So I don't know why this is. So I was like, gosh, and this was over the July 4th weekend. Right. I mean, on Friday, you know, it's like, and I was like, oh God, there's going to be roadblock. You know what I mean? It's just not a good time to be riding around with expired tags. Right. So park the car, very cautious in that. I'll call the DMV uh, when things open up. So I called today because Mondays aren't a good day after July 4th because everybody gets a day after July 4th. Right. Me too, because I work for the state. So I got that off too. Um, so I called today and uh, it says, you know, you get that automatic welcome message. Yep. And it said, hey, uh, we're, you know, we got a busy, you know, busy and expected wait time 14 minutes. Uh, would you like the callback option, which I've had a lot of success with, you know, different companies and they actually yeah. call you back with it. So I said, sure. And then it made me say my name and it said, say your name after the tone. And I did that and it said, press pound when you're done. So I did that and it said. If you're happy with your message, then press two. I was like, my message? You said play my name. So this made me suspicious anyway. So I did this, went about my business, doing some work, didn't get a call back. Okay, no big deal. Maybe I did it wrong. Call back. We're sorry. Because of the unexpected call volume today, we're unable to help you. And then it just hangs up. And I was like, oh, God, was this during lunch? So then I called back again. Same thing. So now I'm trying to fix this issue, which I, for the first time in my life, paid my taxes and tags and registration before they expired. Now, a month and a half, two months later, they are expired and I can't figure out how to fix it. And I'm scared to go to the DMV in a COVID world, not because I'm scared of COVID, but because I'm pretty sure they're going to be like, you got to make an appointment. So I'm going to drive down there. Then they're not going to see me. I can't call them because nobody answers. I've called all the little places. So to the North Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles, I say ice up. Ice, ice up. Ice up. up. Hey, uh, can I uh, do like a My honorary? mom is really pissed, dude. I know. I know. She said she's <laughs> taking a mom break. She's, She's really, mad at me, really too, because mad. she called me twice today, and I didn't answer, but I called her back, and she didn't answer. So she's mad at me already. Dude. For that. Mamas will be mamas. Uh, but also, uh, just an honorary ice up. I wanted the, 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 the Cam Newton thing took precedence for me. But um, the Olympics said that Shikari Wilson, I believe is her name, uh, can't compete in the Olympics. Because she tested positive for marijuana. It's like, dude, what fucking world is are this we the same girl that the story came out last week about? Yeah. yeah so she came out last okay. week and that was going to prevent her from a bunch of shit. But yeah, now, the Olympics, though, said that she only had to serve a, not only, but a 30 day suspension, which was going to keep her out of probably what is her best race, I think, like yeah. the, the whatever I mean, individual. But supposedly she was able to return by that point. The suspension would be up and she'd be able to run in the relays. And it sounds like the U.S. Olympic team suspended her. Uh, All I know is that she is no longer competing in the Olympics. And it's like, dude, what are we in fucking 1950? Like, if she was on pot 
and smoked all those other broads in a race, dude, she deserves nine gold medals. Like, are, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, it's not a performance-enhancing drug. So it's just crazy to me that in 2021, this is, and this is still, still a, yeah, that this is still a headline that's happening. It's the this is the dumbest shit in the world. Is there any truth to the uh, to the statements that I've I've been reading that uh, marijuana is actually a known way to kind of cover up performance enhancing drugs? No, I've I've heard this, but I have seen no medical yeah. uh, information to say that that is right legit. I mean, if anything, I, I think that it would probably hurt more than more than help it's certainly not a performance in, in, enhancer when it comes to like physical things right you know like maybe oh well, no 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 thing. yeah and i don't think that's the uh the discussion that i was thinking of yeah i had heard that it was just like a a way to cover up when you are doing that and so that's that's where i just saw people's like arguments when people were like complaining about it and somebody's like well, it is known to cover up the built like the other parts of it, but I wasn't sure if there was. But if it's illegal uh, for the Olympics, then that's like like you go like what if you just did a ton of drugs just so you were like, well, maybe the performance enhancing drugs will be on page two and they won't notice it. <laughs> like it's just like oh well, yeah, you're gonna yeah. get suspended for this other one too. Um, yeah, I know yeah, it is. I, it's also yeah, people get too. kicked out of the military, dude. Still for this. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't make it right. Like it's don't and like so. She also said that she was in. Um, I forget what state she said she was in, but uh, weed is legal there. She like we legally purchased the weed and then smoked it, and then apparently her mom just died too. So like she's been going through some shit. Like, bro, it's it's the dumbest thing in the world, man, and it's uh. Yeah, it's. I, I just think it's so stupid that in two thousand and and twenty one, this is something that we're still. I mean, this is funny. Sideshow Rob says you can't smoke weed in women's sports, but you can have a oh, piece. <laughs> that is such a funny. That's the best. Can I ask a question? <laughs> in all honesty, based on that that statement alone, like, like, let me ask you: Are you more upset with the fact that she's been suspended? Or are you more upset with the fact that it's still a, a rule that they are, they're supposed to follow? No, I'm I'm upset with the fact that it's a rule that that they're supposed to follow. Yeah. When when it's been 100 proven that marijuana is not uh, a, a performance enhancer, and more importantly, you can be somewhere in the U.S. and smoke weed legally under the law, yeah. and yet so, because it's illegal on a federal level, you can still pop positive for it. Yeah. Dude, it's done. And I'm just I'm a the reason I ask this is not because I disagree with that. Like it's because right I, then you're not really upset with the suspension of it. You're upset with the rule. Like the reality is they did exactly what they needed. They were supposed to do. Um, well, I mean it's both. Like yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I'm mad that we have no protocols that we can be like, all right, dude, this girl. Like I was seeing her on Twitter before any of this became a story. Like right. apparently she's like really fucking good at what she does. And uh, and then all this happened, and it's like, it's both of them. The rule is outdated, but I'm also mad that there's no way for common sense to prevail. No. And be like, yeah, you okay, can't. yeah, maybe this is what we should have, you know, maybe this is what we're supposed to do, but, you know, we'll be cool. We'll let the cooler heads prevail and say, okay, don't do it again. 
and then just yeah. fucking let so, it go. But, the problem is, in today's world, there cannot be a gray area. And the reason I right. say that is if there were a gray area, they're opening themselves up to other criticism outside of So basically, the reason I, I, I've worked in, in the corporate world a long time, right? And people will call and say, I, like, for instance, I'll just talk about what I, my, daily, my daily job is. I'm a debt collector. And the amount of people that call in and say, I call, tried to call and tell the, the company that I was going through some stuff because of COVID, which everybody was like, you know, that's not saying that they're lying. But at some point, they have to stop accepting that as a reason why they people are it's, it's, it's going to have to stop. Right. And so think- like they're like and people are trying to say like they'll try to call and explain their situation and everything. And the company's got to a point where if they start taking individual stories into consideration, instead of handling this on a black and white basis, not skin color, but like just on paper, um, then then if they started to actually bleed into the gray area, the amount of people that are willing to sue corporations and companies and things like that are astronomical. And so the first person that you make an exception for, they're going to, somebody else is going to find out and then they're going to sue the company because of some sort of prejudice that was going on against them. You didn't accept me because I was a woman. You didn't do this because I am, uh, you know, Native American, you know, all this stuff. So they have to do, there is no gray area consideration that can be possible. They have to change the rule, period. I'm 100% in agreement with you on that front. I wasn't upset with the fact that she got suspended because, I mean, she did know what she was doing. But yep. I am upset that the rules still exist in a in a world that has clearly moved beyond these uh, these very archaic uh, you know movements in our life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't like that. None of it's based on evidence. Nothing. There is no well, evidence to suggest that marijuana think, stops you from doing your job correctly. C- well, whoa, whoa, whoa. CK is right about this. Is that if we're upset with the rule? Uh, in this sport specifically and stigma that comes with, you know, that the usage of that drug, that's one question to have. I do think that just like, like you said on an individual basis, problematic, but it does, you know, the only reason is because um, the only reason that we think that this is like a non, like not that big of a deal is because what they're doing is a sport. But if this person was a doctor like, I mean, is that right. uh, there are places that like companies could have inherent rules to where you could be suspended. Like, I don't know, barely the Dodgers barely have it as did you hear about the Todd Brower story? No. Oh, my God. Go look up what's going on with the, one of the starting pitchers from the Los Angeles Dodgers and this uh, sexual assault case, which is going to be very complicated for everybody. Um, but. My thing is this, is that like in sports is because they're, you know, is like we see it as only on you as an individual. It's not problematic. But if it, what if. Yeah, but again, know? it's I like mean, we're, we're, we're moving the goalposts, I think, a little bit. It's like I think, I think, I think that the you're thing saying is, that the Olympics should change it, but I don't think I should be I would necessarily be uncomfortable or I don't know if I'd be comfortable saying that U S airlines can't say that they're pilots. Right. You don't want pilot. your, you don't want I just your rather surgeon. not know about you, that. He was you, high. Yeah, you, don't want than... your, you don't want your surgeon to get high before he operates on your brain. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I get that, that shit, but it's when it goes too far. When, well, that's, like, I don't but, think it it's within the rules, what they did. 
Like they're no, not, I'm not doing saying something. What they did is within the rule. I'm saying the rule is bullshit. Agreed. It's always been bullshit, and it didn't provide her any performance enhancing drug. And the fact that we know that other people have tested positive before uh, for marijuana, and they were still able to compete. Michael Phelps tested positive for marijuana after. at some point. Yeah, and maybe after, but then and he, he was wasn't. Like, he didn't test positive. There were photos of him with a bomb. Yeah, it was just him taking a bomb hit. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, I, right guess, I think that one of the things that's going to be difficult, or is difficult, is like. We have an instant way to check to see if you're drunk. Right. You know, you can yeah. do a breath. Is that that this is where the the kind of difficult part with marijuana usage just is, is how do you determine if someone is under the inf- driving under the influence? How do you prove it? Right. Those types of things. And that is like, I mean, it's one thing, that, you know, is like. People are saying with people in the chat are debating around whether or not it has it is a performance enhancing drug. But one of the things is, is you can't tell it like it's not like you can prove if she's doing it at while she's running the race. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> the problem with the like with weed that I like I can understand where it is a bit difficult is there isn't it takes a lot longer for weed to leave your system than it does alcohol like a by by a pretty large, large amount of time. The is my mom that, in the chat still? Because I can't make this joke if she is. It's probably best. I don't. I don't see her. Um, I just, you know, at this point in time, I agree the the rule is archaic. But I also want to look at it from the other side of things, right? There was a rule in place, and yeah. if they let her get off of that, there were seventy five percent of all other athletes that were following the rules that wanted to smoke pot that didn't and did it the right way, the way that the rules tell them they're supposed to. Even though they wanted to go and sm- no matter what, I can once uh, weed's legal in Virginia. If my company doesn't say that it's okay for me to be able to pass a drug test, like if I don't, if weeds no, I they can still fire me. It's still their prerogative. Even if it is legal, they still have that right. right. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's the uh, same so concept, my, I guess. Yeah, my joke was um, that kids don't do this stuff. Don't. <laughs> Don't do any of this stuff. Don't listen to any of the people in the chat room. Um, go your mom's and do something good for your brain. Don't do any of this stuff. No fall down drunk, Josh Hoy, if you're an airline pilot. No two wrongs <laughs> make a right. Make sure you take your vitamins. Say your prayers before you go to bed. Uh, done, done, and done. I do all those things right now. Mom, I've been taking the one a day, the fish oil, the flaxseed, all of that mess. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, looking good, feeling good, all those things. Um, that's it. That's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles you can download the podcast subscribe to it on all the major podcasting platforms including itunes TuneIn, stitcher google podcast all of that joint and um you can check out some new content coming out from my co-host cody lashney yeah so listen if you're still with us um every friday going forward i might play with the time a little bit just to see what time is working best but for right now, every Friday at 7, I'm going to be doing a show that's garnered toward getting you into the show, meaning you can come on. You don't have to be on camera. You can just uh, have your audio going, or you can be on camera too. 
but whatever. You can come in, ask questions about the Panthers, um, about the NFL. It's just a free for all, man. Mom, it's, your, it's, it's for your, you. It, yeah, it's it, for Joanna Dunn. You can you can come in and and, and talk about Tony. I, I won't be want... here. I won't be here. <laughs> yeah, he'll make it a point not to be there. So you might have to, uh, uh, you know, reprimand me for him. But yeah, reprimand. Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, reprimand me on on Tony's behalf. I'll I'll. I'll take the whippings for him. But uh, yeah, Ooh. check us out on Friday. Um, uh, every every Friday at 7, we're going to be doing a StreamYard show. Yep. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. And um, once every month now that we're in the offseason, there is a new mock draft on drafttech.com where I am the analyst for the Carolina Panthers and I write first and second round comments that's all for your boy mom don't take a mom break you haven't done it yet and on top of that i worked 12 hours today in and out in that hot that's a you know what that's a sign of good upbringing good upbringing right there he's a ck is <laughs> a working man he's streaming all the time yep tell them how they can find your work well you can find me under Codizzle Allen on Facebook, uh, Twitch, YouTube, uh, TikTok, uh, Twitter, all those uh, beautiful locations. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to start being more active on the socials. So it might be worth uh, a little follow there. Um, and if anybody's got any uh, games that they've been interested in seeing people play or you'd be interested in seeing me play, feel free to DM me. Let me know. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all down for trying other things because uh, Warzone is starting to get a little stagnant. Oh, okay. You should take right. requests, man. I would love to see you play some Hades. Mm. Mm, interesting. Yeah, Hades is really cool. I think you'd love it. Yeah, dude. I'm uh, I'm getting ready to get into this uh, GTA RP. I don't know if I told you guys about this or not. Oh, no. I don't think so. so it's Grand Theft Auto Five. But oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's R- RP. It's role play. And to the point, like, if nobody's ever done this, I like some of the Codizzle Allen comments. What happened? I'm so confused. That was my mom. She don't like her son and Cody, but she likes you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! <laughs> uh, but no, you could uh, you could always message me. But the uh, GTA RP is uh, is pretty cool because uh, it's like role play, like it's real life role play in GTA world. So basically, and it sounds silly on the surface because you're like, why not just live a life? But like you can legit be a cashier at a grocery store and that is your job and you get off and you go do other things and whatnot. You can be a legit police officer. And when I say you're a police officer, like you are a police officer that has a a radio, has a speed gun. You have to like you have to have your radar gun and you can pull people over like and uh, and like you get into car high speed chases. You have to radio in for permission to perform a pit maneuver. Like you have to radio in for permission for lethal force. Um, what job but, would you want to be? Is the question for next work, Mom? For me, it's a priest. That's my role play. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, whenever you do this, man, uh, message me and let me know. I'll definitely come check that out, man. I've been even kind of getting back into Dungeons and Dragons again. Yeah, I'm that kind of nerd. Okay, shut up, Tony. I played Dungeons and Dragons. No, no, that's actually dude. even making a bigger comeback now. I think. Yeah, it really is, dude. Yeah, but yeah, let, let me know, man. 
All right. Hallelujah. The show is over. We'll catch you next Tuesday. Don't forget to call in 252-228-5098 and keep pounding. Keep Go ahead and take us out of here, Cody Lashney. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.